Gather round Alberta growers for common sense, educational, get your hands dirty, not as hard as you think to make it beautiful tips with Rob and Kevin from Salisbury Greenhouse and Landscaping. Pour a coffee, grab the seeds, and get ready to grow. Hello, eager gardeners. I'm Rob Sproul from Salisbury Greenhouse. And I'm Kevin Napora from Salisbury Landscaping. And we are here to talk about June 2016, and it is raining out there, Kevin. Yes, it's pouring. <laughs> but it's supposed to warm up. Oh, one, one, one day it will. But June, June is the most amount of rain usually falls in June. And then July we get beautiful heat. What a, tr- what a transition because just a few weeks ago it was, it was a dust pit out there and people were crying for rain. And now we've gotten, what, five inches? I think so. Somewhere Something in like there. that. Well, more rain than we had in seven months. Wow. That, that's And unfortunately, as a landscaper, we like heat. We like sunshine. We like dry. And so yes. now I've got like bobcats sitting in the middle of a lake and, and soil is just running down the street. So yeah, I've got big messes to deal it with right now. really <laughs> yeah. fun to clean up. Oh, it's totally fun. And, but you know what? All the rain is going to give an amazing summer. And Absolutely. so, you know, I, there's nothing like that kind of lush feel. I always think of England when I think of lush, right? Because that place mm. you just, you can throw a cutting in the ditch as you drive your car by and it'll grow into a tree in about a month. Right? Yes, I hate those people. Yeah. <laughs> they come so. and say, oh, I want a giant um, magnolia tree. And and then I provide them with an, a nice little three-inch magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the So... With all the rain, I think we, we can expect a very lush June, a gorgeous June, yep. and I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to getting back on track after almost a year of very low rain. True, true, true. But the rain is thrown a real curveball into um, my crystal ball in terms of ability to predict pests, and because every year, the pests are always dependent on the weather, right? And so a month ago... It was going to be a record aphid, ant, and grasshopper year. Totally. Oh no, I was. I, I teach a number of courses all the way through the through the winter, and I was like, totally, guys, prepare yourself. It's going to be a dry one. We're going to wasps are going to come from now. Now I I've, I I I saw my first mosquito just like two days ago. Oh. <laughs> so it's going to be like mosquitoes and slugs for like a solid month. For We've sure. We've been enjoying ourselves in the evenings. When it's not pouring rain outside, mm. because it's like those beautiful May evenings when there's no mosquitoes, just cherish those in August. Remember them. I enjoyed that day. <laughs> I enjoyed the day when I wasn't being eaten alive as I as I try to have a glass of wine. So yeah, a different going to be different bugs. The rain started when the rain started about a day after the rain started. The phone started ringing. Everyone started calling about globular orange fungus. On their junipers and cedars. Yeah, no, no, no. I just there. Uh, a couple of my clients gave me uh, pictures of these these orange glo- blobs. They're uh, kind of like sea urchins, and they're they're they've got these long orange tentacles, and they hang out of your junipers. They're just they're so disgusting. You want to touch them, but but you can't bring yourself to touch them. Folks, when you've been <laughs> in this business as long as we have, you get really excited about orange fungus and stuff like this. It's but um, for most of you, it's going to be gone now. But if, if you haven't cut it out already, cut it out. Because it actually, it's not really going to harm your juniper or cedar too much. But it will hurt your hawthorns, apples, 
um, the secondary hosts that actually they have a life cycle together. And if the, if the rain carries on, we're going to see more fungus. We're going to see powdery mildew on lawns starting to appear. It's already happening. It's happening already. Already happening. Yeah. So powdery mildew is white, kind of a white film on your lawn. Mm-hmm. Treatment? Um, I don't know what the treatment is. Usually uh, we, we uh, sweep it. Um, like it just 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 by mowing it, mm-hmm. sunshine. Well, you need sunshine. Sun, you need you dry. dry out, yeah. it, it needs to dry out. But generally, um, we we just do a regular mowing, regular a removal of it. Yeah. Um, you can do definite. There's fungal sprays. You can get them in any greenhouse nursery. They 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 sell um, sprays. But especially if it's like in in your shrubs, um, it's it's often bad pruning. Yeah. Um, like uh, say a big pest is on, no, your, on no your roses. Air, no air There's no air right? circulation. Yeah. So like if you have it on your roses, you, you really need to be thinning out your rose. Yeah. So you, you need to be thinking about that in the springtime. Yeah. And, and then yeah. that opens up your plants. And get out there and prune out your dead wood, any diseased wood. Absolutely. Prune that out. You got to keep pruning that out. You want the center of your plant. You don't want the center of your plant to be a dense thicket of just dead stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you want it to be open. Um I always think of olive trees. There's an old saying with the olive trees because we've been growing olive trees for thousands and thousands of years. And there's a saying that a perfectly pruned olive tree, a bird can fly through it from any direction. Oh. Right? Because it's nice. that, it's that yeah. open. It should be nice and open. Absolutely. And so um, the sul- sulfur dust, people come ask, we're sulfur dust for the powdery mildew on their yep. lawn. So one guy, one guy, he had this powdery mildew in his lawn, went home, sprinkled sulfur dust over the whole thing. It was more white than it was before. Oh. And the powder, it's not going to kill your lawn unless it is massively widespread. On some of the perennials, though, things like um, oh, yeah. uh, bee balm, um, dahlias, uh, daily, um, and also phlox. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it can be dangerous. They're totally susceptible to yeah. it. The good news is it's species-specific. Yes. So it's not going to cross from your phlox to your bee balm to your lawn. Mm-hmm. It's going to tend to be on one thing or another. Yeah. And I, that's... Yeah, and then you might see other kinds of fungus happening. It's going to be a, might be a bad year for black knot spread. Oh, yeah, we got, never thought of that. Yes. We moisture and we have high winds, and that's going to spread the spores totally. everywhere. Totally. And if this is the time that the thing, every all the plants are in flower. Yeah. So you're going to get the, the oh, those knots. Those knots are like giant sausages, and then they yeah. open up and just revolting things that's come disgusting. out of them. So yes. it, it, <laughs> if you see what looks like black burnt sausages on the limbs of your tree, cut them out, folks. Throw them in the garbage, not the compost. Yeah. And because it is bad news and they mm-hmm. will wipe out your maydays and your um your Sugar apples and your cherries, cherries and your choke cherries definitely yeah so the now another thing we can expect in uh, if the weather stays wet are our slimy little buddies the slugs i love slugs what oh slugs are awesome you oh yeah what i like that especially on my hostess sea slugs on our shipments i'll give you one. Oh no 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 that, that reminds me of a story uh my aunt Finally decided she was going to get into gardening and, and work in the garden. I was so happy. And um, so I was trying to introduce her to nice perennials, easy things to grow. And so she went out one day uh, with her bare feet. And so she was out in the garden and she's pretty tentative about it. I have a and feeling a, bare feet is an important detail. Oh my course. God. And then a giant slug landed on her feet. <laughs> she screamed and ran into the house and that was it for gardening. <laughs> <Outstanding>. <laughs> they're, they're not great things. However, 
Um, I love the the sort of the the gentle organic way of dealing yes. with them. Um, what, you can, what's your favorite? Oh, um, there's this um, beautiful little copper wire, yeah, and uh, so it's a kind of a mesh. Does that work? Oh yeah, 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 really? yeah. Okay. So as as the hostas are coming up, yeah. you you wrap the mesh all the way around the base, and then kind of um, put some soil around the base. And so then, as your little slugs come walking along, they um, they they start crawling up the mesh, and then they get electrocuted, and then they slice their whole tummies, and their guts all come flying out. That's just wrong. That's the gentle organic oh, way. Dude, yeah, I like beer. <laughs> I like the beer. Get some beer. Get the cheap domestic stuff. Don't get the fancy imported stuff. You can send that to me. But get your <laughs> beer and get yourself a margarine lid. Something that uh, has, you know, maybe half a centimeter deep. Mm-hmm. And lay it in the soil so the edges of the lid are flush. And fill it full of beer. And the slugs, they love beer. Yes. Right? You see the beer bellies on those guys? Oh. And so they'll crawl in, drawn by the yeast. And they'll have a party, be the last party. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, you empty the margarine lid. That's the way to do it. Drink them to death. That's the secret, though. I am a lazy gardener. Eventually, lazy one gardener, week you later... Wrap, you wrap mesh around every <laughs> well, you'll, No, 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 no. What, what, what happens is the, the, plant, uh, the, the slugs die instantly. When they sit in the bowl, a, a week later, you're walking around the garden going, what's that horrible smell? Oh, yeah, don't forget And, <laughs> and then there's this giant dish full of these dead <laughs> bugs. Oh, I, it's, uh, no, it, that one didn't work for me. <laughs> in the fall, folks, write this in your day timer. If you have slugs in the fall, look for their eggs. Their legs look like caviar. The Achilles heel of a lot of pests especially the ones that eat your plants, are that they're going to lay their eggs near their food source. Because right. little little Jimmy and little Janie, when they're born, they can't walk very far or crawl or slither oh, or whatever they do. poor little guys. And so, what are you talking about slicing their tummies open? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and so, you want to clean up those eggs and, you know, take out some of that leaf litter so that they don't have a spot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cleanliness, cleanliness, cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Mm-hmm. And what about ants? We were talking about a few a month ago, everyone was panicking about ants. And well, now, are ants gonna be, still going to be a problem? Yeah. Yeah, they are a problem. they're not going to go away. <laughs> but this is what I like to do. Is um, um, There's all kinds of different remedies. Um, none, I don't find any of them really work. But the idea is that you want to hamper them and bother them and get them moving along to your neighbors. Yeah. And so then that way they just move along and they keep your yard kind of clean. I have a self-propelled mower and I like to mow them a lot. And I get a self-propelled mower and the self-propelled mower, the wheels turn by themselves. So yeah. I just kind of grind the wheel down a little bit into the hills. Maybe that's not, <laughs> not the nicest thing to do. But if, if you have a hill, here's the thing. If you have black ants in the back 40 of your yard, just lean B. Hmm. Really, they're not, they're not going to hurt you. If you have red ants, I would get rid of those. If you have um, carpenter ants, the big black ones with triangular heads, that's bad. B-A-D, bad. You want, you need to get, especially if you have a wooden deck or a wooden foundation, because they will do serious structural damage if, if left. Absolutely. Um, if you have little sand-colored ants, they could be a species of ants called pharaoh ants, as in the um, deadly plagues of biblical. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so new to me. That's... They're invasive. Get rid of them. They're not that common around here, oh, okay. but they're not good. Oh, wow. Little black ants, but, you know, if you if you see your anthill, I have a red anthill, and I get a spade yeah. and a big pot of boiling water. 
Okay. And I get a spade, I dig it into the hill, flip it up, try to expose all the little nurseries and the queen and stuff. Mm-hmm. Pour in your boiling water, wrecks their whole day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And th- and that's the thing is you're you're just trying to get them yeah. uh, wreck wreck their homes and real and they'll realize that this is a bad environment and then they'll move on. They'll move to the neighbor's yeah. house. But but definitely you can't you you can't um, like you can get those those little um, ant traps. Mm-hmm. They're really passive. Yeah. Um, the best method is to stir them all up, throw that powder onto them, and and then uh, expose as much of them yeah. as you can. And just and water them every time you water it. Every time you water it, give them a shot. Yeah. Every time you water, it wrecks all their tunnels and all that, and they're like, oh man. And eventually. Yeah, they're gonna pack up. You can use um, the those Ross um, uh, tree watering stikes. Oh, the root, the deep root. Feeders? Yeah, the deep root feeders, because then you can shoot that deeper oh, into the idea. into the galleries, and then it sh- it shoots out a good solid spray, so it just kind of fills up everything, and you just jam jam holes all the way through them. On YouTube, they a segment on YouTube. They have all these videos of what it looks like to pour molten metal into a fire <gasps> oh my god I saw that isn't that cool oh it's so <laughs> neat this metal tree yeah google it folks <laughs> alright well let's move on let's All let's right. let's move on from everything we want to kill yes to how to take care of our veggie garden in June oh yeah because your veggie gardens are planted hopefully they're planted if if it's if you're not planted yet you're in good company folks because a lot of people were just about plant on maybe one weekend and they got stymied and things is may 30th now things really haven't dried up yet no but there's some beautiful beautiful moisture in the ground mm-hmm. so the seeds can definitely just totally sprout right away and off they go absolutely yeah. so so you can get planting um and you're going to see the things i planted my my garden um the week for long weekend Long weekend, it just sucked up all that moisture. Mm-hmm. You know we need moisture when it rains for three days and there's no standing water on the grass. That's that's dry. Yeah. And now, as soon as the sun came out, the sun came out yesterday for about two blessed hours. And the peas, I could see them grow. Mm-hmm. You know, they went from yeah. about a... They picked up about a centimeter in, uh, in no time. One of my favorite things in the universe is when you um, take your uh, beet leaf rolls yeah. and then um, you uh, roll it with... Um, uh, rice and different oh, things. Yeah. I love. And so I'm watching my little beets grow. They're only like an inch. And every time I look at them, my, wa- my mouth waters. It's like, yeah. okay, grow, guys, grow. You're resisting the urge just to eat them. Oh, yeah. Just to I've actually them. eaten. Like microgreens. Yeah, little microgreens. You just, you, you, can, you take your little scissors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll grow. Growing. Yeah. So, so yeah, one thing about if the water, if the weather stays wet, especially if the nights are cool, folks, don't water your garden at night. Okay, because the fungus gets what happens if you water your garden on the night at night is that the water the, hits the soil, splashes the soil up onto the lower leaves, especially your solanums, your potatoes, your tomatoes, things like that. That leads to blight. Uh, potato blight is bad news. Um, and yes, that is the same potato blight has happened in the Ireland. So you don't want that to happen at all. Mm. But you know what? Gardens are further along. They are uh, with our war early start they are further along so you're going to find plants that probably might be getting a little top heavy absolutely um normally normally in a, a, a usual year you're going to start doing staking staking of your um peonies delphiniums uh chrysanthemum all of those are done um probably generally in the second week in, in um 
June, mm -hmm. and that has to happen right away. Like right now, the peonies are so fat, they're about to ready to yeah. fall over. And once they fall over on the ground, you get a giant donut, and then that's it. And you, that's the kind of rot you, on the ground. Yeah, you, you can't pick them up after that. So, um, again, there's all kinds of different things you can use. You can just use uh, some sticks and some baling twine, and that's enough. But as long as you get out there early and right now. Um, and then that'll keep keep your plants looking nice for the for the coming summer. And make sure if you're a tomato lover like I am, and you plant your you have two types of tomatoes, right? You have a determinant mm. which grows at a certain height and then stops. It's more yeah. for containers and doesn't yield as much. And you have your indeterminate, the big vines, and that's the good stuff. Make sure to keep staking those guys, and you have yeah. to stake them as they grow, right? Right. And yes. so what I do is I just get a big bamboo pole, stick mm -hmm. it in there, yeah, and as they grow, I just tie it. Tie it on. Very nice. Right. I'm quite finicky. So I actually build an entire bamboo cage and I, I make special little um, uh, um, st strings. I, I actually read a book on Japanese knots and I make little knots and so I make these little bamboo you have cages. You strange definition <laughs> of music, my friend. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't like picking up slugs, but I love making these little <laughs> towers of, uh, out of bamboo. All right, folks. So, in order in order to trellis to uh, stake your tomatoes properly, you need to research Japanese knots, as one does. <laughs> and you know what gardens love is they love compost. So, a lot of people, I get a lot of questions about compost because people want, first of all, soil is expensive, especially mm -hmm. good rich soil. Um, people want to be better to the earth. They want to cut down on the the waste going out, but they don't want a stinky, nasty. You know, boiling hot compost. A good compost shouldn't stink. Uh, tell me about it. Yes. But it's all about your ratios. If you just, here's the thing, folks. If you just, you know, pick up your grass clippings every week, chuck them in the compost bin and forget about them and maybe add like a banana peel now and then, that's not going to do it. The um, compost is, you know, that will just get hot. It will get anaerobic. Compost is all about ratios. Here's a little cheat sheet. You got your greens and your browns. Right, your greens, uh, your greens are your kitchen scraps, your grass clippings, your plant trimmings, and your browns are your you know the greens are high in nitrogen and they produce heat, but they also kind of foster the good little you know bacteria. You get a lot of fungus. You'll get that white, oh yeah, big white mass of mycelium growing. All that gross yes. stuff. And the brown stuff is the dead leaves, it's wood mulch, it's paper, and that releases the carbon. Now, what you want is a ratio of two brown to one green. Write that down. Two brown to one green. That's the key to composting. Mm -hmm. And turning. And turning. And you need to turn it. You need oxygen. Oxygen yeah. is the lifeblood of all of your... Think of it like a campfire. Okay, so you need your lower... When you build a campfire pit, you don't just dig into the ground. You, right. want, you need to elevate, elevate it so you have a lower, low, lower airflow. Yep. Right? And same with compost. Compost is the same. It should be warm to the touch, but not hot. If you get second degree burns when you touch your soil, it's too hot. So um, it should be warm to touch. It should, it should be as wet as a ringed out sponge, mm -hmm. typically. Mm -hmm. And it won't smell. You follow the ratio, yeah. keep turning it, it won't smell. And at the, at the base, you'll get yummy, yummy soil. Something that I do is I, you can buy those little wood pellets, and um, that, that I use those as my browns. Okay. Yeah, so they, they break apart. And, well, um, my compost, I, I've tried all kinds of different composts, and I fail. I fail at all of them. Yeah, but what kind of compost did you have? Oh, no, I have. I've tried those twirly round uh -huh. things, and I tried the big black box thing. And in fact, 
Um, I just fill the big black box thing with hoses and, 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 and pots. <laughs> so what I did is I bought myself a, an electric composter. And that's the cat's meow. What, is, what does that even do? Oh, it's just a box. And you throw stuff in it and it heats it and it turns it. <laughs> and then when it's finished, it drops into another little collection thing. So all you have to do is just pull the drawer, dump it onto... Does it pull your weeds for you too? I think it... No, it, it cooks out everything. It's wow. really nice. And But if you don't get your ratios out, you get a slimy goo at the bottom. Yuck. And that's that's disgusting. So, ratios are important if you have a robotic composter or not. So, <laughs> Kevin's yard, by the way, folks, is has been written up in magazines. It's been on tours. It's one of the premier yards in Edmonton. Oh, so, thank you. Um, he definitely knows what he's talking about. The electric composter, never heard of that before. But awesome. it sounds pretty cool. I got yeah, totally it. <laughs> so, in June, basically... Um, you know what, and your your veggies are going to start to grow. Folks, as soon as we get some heat here, we are going to love being outside. As soon as we get some heat. But yes. right after the rain stops, I need everyone out there, homework assignment, all serious, everyone out there to walk around their yard, do a water standing water audit. Okay? Walk around your yard, find that old wheelbarrow that's been sitting there collecting water, find those old wine glasses from last month or last year. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully you don't have old tires sitting around, but any standing water yard and drain it drain it drain it tell your neighbors because the skeeters will get in there and they will be epic as soon as the sun comes out unless we drain the standing water in our yards very important on the wine glass thing i had a garden tour and uh that morning i woke up there's like 700 people coming and i found two wine glasses <laughs> just sitting in the bush <laughs> in the bush I was lying in the sunshine one Must day having a glass and just put the glass down and it just happened to be inside one of the flower gardens. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You, you have do. to collect those wine glasses. Yeah, too. okay. Yeah. So, this important news from Kevin, don't throw your wine glasses in the bush. <laughs> and it's important to collect them after. And that's about it for uh, for the June edition of Eager Gardeners. Awesome, awesome session. And I'm Rob Sproul from Salisbury Greenhouse. I'm Kevin DePora. And make sure to keep getting your hands dirty. Thanks, folks. Thanks for being eager to get into that garden. Rob and Kevin are around every month on SalisburyGreenhouse.com or SalisburyLandscaping.ca. Till next time, keep your fingernails dirty and your thumbs green.